Hey guys, welcome to the newest episode of Top of the Hill. We have another packed show today. We're going to start out talking some NBA and NBA All-Star. After that, we're going to move along to an MLB preview with spring training getting going over the last couple of weeks. Then, of course, we're going to come back to basketball. Well, sort of. We're going to talk about LeBron and Zlatan and some of the comments that they've made to each other over the past couple of weeks, and we're just going to debate that. And then we're going to wrap up the show with an NFL update, and then we're finishing up, as always, with our Top of the Hill takes. So like I said, that's our show. Hopefully you enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to the newest episode of Top of the Hill. I'm your host, Logan Hill, joined by my co-host, Tyler Kirk. And before we dive into any of the sports action from this week, Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm good. Busy as always. How about yourself? Yeah, busy. Same. I mean, spring break's coming up. That's going to be exciting. Kind of just get back on track and catch up. I mean, work, school, I mean, extracurricular stuff. Keeping this running. We launched our blog last week, so Mm -hmm. busy as ever. But being busy is not a bad thing, I guess. Yeah. Makes Tom get back quick. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said in the intro, we have a lot, a lot to talk about today. We did our first ever interview. That's going to be a little bit later on. That's with uh, with Ryan Shadle, and he's a design intern for the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a lot of graphic design. He goes to UMBC right now. So, that was a really good interview. We had a lot of fun doing it. We're going to get on to it later. But we got to start and talk some NBA. NBA All-Star Weekend was this past weekend. They did... They ended up doing all the events. They did the, Sunday, the yeah. game, they did the dunk contest, they did the three-point contest, skills even the skills contest. challenge. Yeah. And a version of the celebrity all-star game. Yeah, two-on-two. very, very ugly yeah, version. terrible. I mean, so let's let's start with that, because that was on Friday. Yeah. That was on last Friday night. And that it was a two-on-two, and it was... Two chains it, and... Low, no, two chains and yeah, it was, yeah low it, baby. Two chains and low baby. And then Jack and Harlow. Jack and Harlow and Quavo. Quavo. So Quavo is like... He's a known kind of baller yeah. in the world of rap. And 2 Chains is kind of like that, too. Yeah. But 2 Chains is like what Chris Bosh yeah. was at the end of his career, basically, if you had to make a comparison. Yeah. But Lil Baby's little, terrible. Lil Baby was <laughs> terrible. Did you see him airball that free throw before oh the game? Oh, my goodness, yes. And he was so bad that people were pulling out lyrics from his songs where he talked about balling or <laughs> doing things where he was a baller. And they basically like took it and were... This you that it yeah. was basically a this this you situation. So that was not a good look. But let's talk about the actual NBA. Yeah. The skills competition. Demontis Sabonis ended up winning it, mm-hmm. and that was I mean it was two big men competing at the very end. Sabonis ended up taking the win. He wasn't even supposed to be at NBA All Star Weekend when this all started. So it's cool. I mean he probably would have been at the at skills the skills challenge. challenge yeah. But it was cool that All Star got to compete in the skills challenge, mm-hmm. got to win the skills challenge, and then. The three-point shootout, Steph Curry won it on the... I'm pretty sure it was the, the last, last ball. Bucket, yeah, with the so, two-point shot over um, Mike Conley. So Mike Conley was balling. Yeah, too. Mike Conley. First All-Star game for him, which is crazy to me that he was never an All-Star. Because this isn't even his best season. No. Some of those years with Memphis were just crazy. Yeah. Him, and, him and Marcus Gasol yeah, they down, were, in, down in Memphis together, mm-hmm. Western Conference, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, Curry won the three-point shootout, and then... Anthony Simons, try saying that name three times fast. He ended up winning the dunk contest, which they held at halftime. And the dunk he wanted on, he jumped up and basically... Tried to kiss the rim. He could have yeah. kissed the rim if he wanted to. It looked like he wasn't trying to lose his front teeth, yeah. basically, and so he didn't. But regardless, it was still 
pretty good dunk. I mean, not yeah. it wasn't the dunk we contest seen, of years past. Yeah, we haven't seen a good one since the 2016 showdown with Zach Levine and, and Aaron Gordon. That's honestly, we might never see a dunk yeah. contest like that again just well, because nobody wants to be in it. Yeah. You have to get headliners, and nobody wants to be in the dunk contest. A lot of people have been talking about bringing in a one-on-one challenge. Oh, one-on-one. That would be crazy. Yeah, that would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I saw a tweet. Like I said on last week's show, we're a Lou Dort stand podcast. <laughs> it was a tweet that the NBA All Star like skills competition should just be guys playing one on one against Lou, Lou Dort. Dort yeah. and whoever <laughs> does the best wins. I'm not against that idea, not at all. But moving along to the game itself, so Team LeBron versus Team Durant. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning. Why not Team Kevin? But that doesn't matter. That's neither here nor there. Team LeBron blew them out of the water. I think they won every single quarter, ended yep. up winning 170 to 150. Yep. LeBron only played the first half, which I didn't expect, but it makes sense mm-hmm. because we talked, like, again, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. The Lakers are coming off pretty much two months, two, maybe three months rest between when they won the finals and when the new season started. So your body just can't hold up, yeah. and it's supposed to be a break. Why not take as much of a break as you can? But at the same time, LeBron recognizes he's still the face of the league, and people come to see him play. Yeah. So he at least played the first half. But you you watched the whole game. Who stood out the most to you during the game? I mean, Steph Curry and Damian Lillard, they just had a shootout for basically the whole game. Um, that one, I was showing you the clip before the we started the podcast, but before the half ended, Damian Dame hit a three-pointer. He pulled up from, like, half court. And then the very next possession, Steph Curry came up, pulled up a half court as well. They both just drained it. I think they both finished eight for 16 from the three-point line. Uh, Both of them did. And then Giannis, he won the MVP, of course, and he won 16 of 16, didn't miss a single shot. Yeah, for sure. And that was the the honest thing is when I saw the number, I saw 16 for 16 MVP originally. I was, well, if it's all dunks and layups. He made two threes. Yeah, I was like, if it's all dunks and layups, then 16 for 16 is impressive. But if it's all dunks and layups, wow, like he's seven feet tall. But he did hit two three pointers. So it's 16 for 16 is a hard thing to do. I saw another stat. He's averaging. I think it's the most points per game through five all-star games of any player ever. Yeah, He won the MVP a couple years ago, too, didn't I'm, he? I'm pretty like sure. I'm, I'm going to look right now because yeah, I, I think he dropped like 45 wrong. or something. But, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a great game. Um, of course, Team LeBron just blew him out of the water. I thought at least because every quarter, each quarter that the team, the winning team, or each quarter that the team wins, they get $250,000 to donate to charity of their choice. And so Team LeBron won the first two quarters, so I thought at least Team Durant would win the third one, but they didn't even win that. So, yeah, Giannis he does he averages the most points per game in All Star game history with twenty seven point two. So it, it's an All Star game that yeah. doesn't really mean a lot, but still just an interesting thing. You would think it would be a, a Michael Jordan, a LeBron James, Kobe yeah. Bryant, even, but it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's funny. And I just like saying that name on this podcast because it is so the degree of difficulty is through the roof. Regardless, the NBA All Star Game always a great time. They held it in Atlanta, and they actually raised a lot of money for H- HBCUs. And I mean, you've seen the argument saying that the NBA could have just donated that amount of money to the HBCUs, and they didn't have them an All Star Weekend, but. A lot of people on SportsCenter, a lot of people on ESPN, a lot of personalities that cover the game said that this was also such a big place to raise awareness for these HBCUs, and I think that's important, too. And 
regardless of your stance on it, it is cool to see these HBCUs getting some love because they are part of the history of basketball, whether we want to admit it or not. Where there's a Kentucky, where there's a Duke, there's also always going to be a Morgan State, mm-hmm. teams like that. Yep. So that was interesting. And, of course, in Atlanta, where a lot of these HBCUs roots kind of come from is what I've come to understand. So really just awesome weekend. The, the jerseys, I thought, were kind of cool, yeah, the yellow were. and blue. Someone said, I think it was... I was watching Highly Questionable. I think it was Bomani Jones or something. But they said, yeah, well, the NBA All-Star Game was originally supposed to be in Indiana, so they just took the knockoff Pacers jerseys <laughs> that they made and kept yeah, them. Yeah, that's what Atlanta. I thought it was at first. Too. I was like, well. Yeah, absolutely. So, But, I mean, that's really all from the game. I mean, you talked about Dame. You talked about Steph being absolute snipers, which is true no every day of the week yeah. and twice on Sundays pretty much. Two players that were supposed to feature in the All-Star Game coming from one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference didn't get to play. Those two players were Joel Embiid, who's in the MVP running right now, and his running mate, Ben Simmons. Two very good players for the Philadelphia 76ers, and they were held out because of contact tracing. So the story was it was their barber that tested positive, and so they were pooled and not even yeah, allowed. I believe they contact. flew to Atlanta, they, but they, yeah. were, they were pooled like pretty much as soon as they got off the plane. Yep. Does that right there... Was that enough for you to be like, okay, maybe they shouldn't have had this all-star game? Because they did catch it, yeah. but if they wouldn't have caught it, you're talking about all the best players exactly, in the league yeah. potentially missing time. I mean, think about what Rudy Gobert did last year at the beginning of the whole COVID thing when he, I, th- I don't know if he, I think he he had close contact or, with someone or something, and he was joking about it in the post-conference of whatever game they were playing, and he like put his hands all over the mic and touched everything. And then, like, later that night or the next day, he came back positive for COVID. I will never forget that that sequence. So that's, like, you know, kind of the same thing. It's, like, you know, they might not. Did they even test positive? Joel and I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, I'd but, have to look and see. If but it what if out. they but did? And if they, they did, did yeah, and they had just, even just been at All Star Weekend, the whole like that. That's the top what twenty pretty stars much the, in that. Yeah, NBA, pretty much the top twenty four. Yeah. Best players. So, or, I mean, so it would have affected the course of the NBA for weeks. at least a month, probably. Yeah, probably a month. Yeah, probably at least a month, which is crazy. It's good that they caught it. It's good that they got them pulled out, and it sucks. This is not the first time in sports we've seen it where a barber has like be been like tested positive and players have had to sit out. So it sucks, but at the same time, you gotta have drip. So you can't hate on them for going to their barbers before All Star Weekend. Yeah, it does suck for Embiid because Embiid is playing one of, if not the best year of his career, one of the best of his career. Yeah, it's gotta be the best. And so he should have gotten his due at the All Star Game. And yeah. Team Durant was decimated already. And I'm pretty sure both of those players were on Team Durant. Simmons. Nah, Ben's Ben Simmons, Simmons was on, was on Team. That's LeBron. why they didn't have to replace either one because it was like a one for one. Oh well, that's good. I guess. Yeah. Well, Embiid was supposed to be a starter, so on Team Durant, the starting yeah. lineup on Team Durant got decimated because they didn't get Durant either. He missed the game. Yep. Like somebody else didn't play, I don't think. I'm not sure. I don't yeah, feel but like Zion started right in Embiid's place, and he looked terrible. He missed like five straight dunks in the first quarter. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> and that's funny. We were talking about it last week with Ryan. We were talking about Zion for a couple minutes. He just runs. He'll he'll jump up, and he'll yeah. dunk the ball, and it'll be so awesome. He just like and waddles. then he waddles back yeah. down the court. One of the funniest things to see just watching NBA mm-hmm. basketball right now, but Zion Williams and is awesome. He'll continue to be awesome. Cool to see him get his first All-Star game start in year two. Makes me ask the question, where is the love for my guy, John Morant? I know you like John Morant, I love him. I have a jersey, yeah. I think it's just just a matter of time before he is a regular in the All-Star games because he is one of the best 
true point guards. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll call him a true point guard. He's one of the best true point guards I believe is in the league right now. And all around, yeah. his and athleticism helps. Too. But still, I mean, you can't take it away from him if he yeah. has it. So he'll he'll get there. It's just like this point in time. There's so many older superstars. I mean, like look at LeBron. He's what 36 right now. So it's like you know, in a couple years, well. I don't know how long LeBron's going to play, but some of the older stars, they're going to start Absolutely. to go down, and then that's when the up-and-rising stars come out. But Absolutely. And he also so, plays in the West. The West yeah, so. so it might just be a matter of time. It might yeah. be Chris Paul has to retire exactly. before yeah. Jock can get it. Which he probably will. So, so I want Chris Paul to play forever. I ordered his jersey this week. <laughs> I said I wanted one. Summertime's coming up. I mm-hmm. need to have that Chris Paul drip. Thanks. couple more NBA headlines. Blake Griffin agreed to it. He was bought out by the Pistons and quickly – quickly agreed to a deal with the Brooklyn Nets. How much help do they need to beat LeBron James? I'm 36. <laughs> so that's that's the take. Um, that's saying that they just need more help to beat LeBron. But it there's a couple things to this. It feels like Blake is probably ring chasing it. Yeah, I, said, is, yeah, I said to you at the beginning of the podcast, before we even started, that it was it's similar to the Boogie Cousins signing the Warriors did a couple years mm-hmm. back where he took a minimum to try to go get his ring. That blew up in his face. Yeah. I mean, he still hasn't gotten back into the league after he got hurt in Oakland, I don't think. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, he was back with the Rockets, but they're looking to move on. Yeah, but have moved no, they already him. did. I think they bought out. Yeah, so, I mean, I want to see him do something before his too. career wraps, but that's neither here nor there. We're talking about Blake Griffin. Where does he fit in on this Nets team to you? I mean, it's hard. We were talking about before the podcast that the coaching staff of the Nets said that they're looking for him as, like, a backup center role, I guess, to DeAndre Jordan. But he said that, I mean, obviously he wanted to get to a team who had the best chance to get a ring. But he said he thought that the Nets were in need of a four spot. So I don't know if he's expecting to start somewhere down the road. It's just like, I don't, I don't know where. But the thing is, is like, they're bottom four in defense in the league right now, the Nets. Mm-hmm. So, and he hasn't really been a defensive player for since like year four or something. Oh, no, yeah, year. and he hasn't. But maybe. Maybe now with a pre a more like pre established yeah. role where he's not going to be expected to be because he was expected to pretty much be the best player on mm-hmm. that Pistons team. I mean, who was it going to be? Derrick Rose is gone now, so it was just Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond's been gone. So maybe he puts his head down and plays some more defense. Maybe that's yep. what, like you Could said, be, they yeah. want him, they want him to be a backup center. To, like, I think he can provide very valuable minutes to yeah. a bench unit. It's a good signing because yeah. they signed for the minimum. So it's yeah. like if he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. But if he balls, it, he Exactly, helps. exactly. It's worth it. So it should be interesting to say the least. One thing worth noting is I feel like when people think about Blake Griffin, they think about the high flyer, the slasher, the guy that can just lob city basically. Him and DeAndre Jordan back together again in Brooklyn. We're the duo of Lob City that in L.A. with Chris Paul with mm-hmm. the Clippers. He has not dunked in a game since 2019. Crazy. And even then, it wasn't some ferocious dunk. It was literally just a drive-by and a jump-up and a one-handed slam. He has to dunk with these with yeah, this Nets team, yeah. right? It, he's not, he has changed his game. I, I forget exactly what the stat was, but it was something like, when he was in L.A., it was it was a difference between two teams. When he was in L.A., like, something close to... It was, like, like all in the paint. It was, like, 94% to 6% inside the arc and outside the arc. And now then it's like, with the Pistons, it was, like, 60-40. Yeah. So he has adapted his game more of, to the modern NBA, I feel like, which is more space and more shooting. But on the Nets, they don't need that. That's exactly. The they don't need you. Yeah. They have Kyrie on the perimeter. They have James, James Harden, Harden on the KD. perimeter. They have KD on the perimeter. Some other guys. Joe Harris. Joe Harris on the <laughs> like, perimeter. Yeah. They don't need him to be that. Nah. So... 
it'll be interesting to see how his and DeAndre minutes, DeAndre Jordan's minutes, that is, how yeah. their minutes kind of coincide with yeah. each other and where we see them. All in all, it'll be interesting. Lakers in four. Right, I'll give them Lakers in <laughs> Lakers five. In five still, so, yeah. I mean. With a healthy AD, at least. So. Yeah, absolutely, with AD back in the lineup. So, I mean. Without AD, Lakers in and, six. And seven. it's like the middle. <laughs> it's like the middle of the NBA. So, right, like the NBA season. So, there could still be more moves. There's going to be more buyouts from different teams. You could see these teams change a little bit more. I got to think the Nets have to be pretty much done making moves. Yeah, though, they because, can't really make any more. I mean, I do it in 2K. I change my team up until the <laughs> deadline, but I'm the best GM that there is because I play against the computer. Not better than LeBron. I play against the now. computer. Oh, my goodness. How did we not even get to that? All right, our last NBA thing. We're going to come back to the All-Star game for a minute. So they've been doing the where the players pick their teams for four years now. Was it three straight years of... Team LeBron versus Team Giannis, and then this year it was Team LeBron versus... No, it was Team LeBron, Team Curry the first year, then Team okay. LeBron, Giannis the last two, and then... Okay, so it this year. so it's been Team LeBron versus the field pretty much <laughs> for the last four years. Team LeBron is 4-0. and So he has to be the best GM of all time, right? 4-0, and I, I saw it this week. In case you haven't figured it out yet, I get a lot of my sports news from watching... ESPN and watching SportsCenter. I saw it on SportsCenter that he was 4-0 and he had never lost an All-Star game since they started picking it this way. That's interesting. So I He mean, said he wants to be a GM one day or <laughs> an owner of a team. Yeah, that would be that would be wild. So I, that's just another – I mean, stats write themselves. That's another crazy stat that mm-hmm. he has not lost an All-Star game where he's picked his team. He didn't even play the second half of this one. So – that is what it is. That's really all of our NBA talk for this week. Like I said, we're going to come back later and talk some more LeBron, but that's not really an NBA story. It's more of a life story. <laughs> so moving right along after we're done with our NBA right now, we have to talk some baseball because baseball is coming up. Before we even get into it, Tyler and I are not the biggest, most gigantic baseball fans in the world. I will be the first to admit I am a fair-weather baseball fan. <laughs> In Baltimore, when the Baltimore yeah. Orioles are good, baseball is awesome. Back in 2014, we've probably talked about it on the podcast before. Back when they were in the playoffs, they won the AL, I think it was the AL Division Series, mm-hmm. and then they lost to the Royals. Yep. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. I I played one year of baseball as a kid. Did you play any baseball growing yeah, up? Yeah, I think I played like one or two. Yeah, I played one year. Yeah. We actually won the championship that year, but that. again, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> it wasn't really my style, so I ended up, I played lacrosse most of my life, but the professional lacrosse league, which is a thing, is nowhere near what the MLB no. is, and that's America's pastime. So with it coming up and the NFL now gone and the NBA kind of hitting its midseason stride, we, of course, have to talk about the MLB. It's up in the pen right now. This is in the air to right field. Back it goes. Nando has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. And the Padres go on top 14-3. to What better way to kick off the MLB talk than a grand slam from Fernando Tatis Jr., Padres star, alongside former Baltimore Orioles star Manny Machado, and the San Diego Padres have become a team to watch into this season. One of the few teams we're going to get into today. Just to start it off, like I said, on the other side of our sound right there, not baseball analysts, not deep into baseball, either of us. I, I'm definitely not. I wouldn't think that you would say you are either. Having said that, what are some of the teams that you were excited to see this year? 
Yeah, I mean, the, of course, the L.A. Dodgers, the Padres, like you said, I think they both have the best two odds to win this World Series this year. And, of course, they're in the same conference and, I think, division. I, I so, believe they're yeah. in the same division. So, I mean, that's going to be exciting. Uh, not the Orioles, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the Dodgers and the Padres are both in the NL West. Yeah. And I have a map of postseason odds right here, and we'll get into why I have this map in a little bit. It's not to talk about the Dodgers or the Padres, but – they have a 96.7 chance the Dodgers do to make the postseason, and then the Padres have a 92.9% chance. So hopefully we're going to see fireworks from these teams. And I believe it's in October still, the play, yeah. the MLB playoffs. Last year I think it was moved around a little bit. I'm not exactly sure. But besides those two teams, of course, I mean, they're going to be some of the powerhouses. There's some other interesting teams to watch. Of course it's always going to be interesting to see what the Yankees do year in and year out because – routinely they get the best players. They have Aaron Judge. They have Giancarlo Stanton. They have some DJ LeMahieu, I believe, still plays in New York. He may be on the trading block. He may be a free agent. I'm not exactly sure. I'm going to check that. But there was another move made in New York, and that was by the Mets. They traded for mm-hmm. Francisco Lindor from the Indians, the Cleveland Indians. They yeah. might change their name soon, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just preface the team from Cleveland. Um, what to you... What month is the best month for you to watch baseball? Because I feel like for me, July. July yeah, is my it's favorite be the month. summertime. Just when all the other sports have kind of wound down. Yeah. I mean, the NBA is still. You know, the NBA is typically over in July. Yeah. Because last year it was June, a treat yeah. pretty much. So the NBA is done. The NHL has wrapped up. Really, all there is is baseball. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing like just having nothing to do on like a random Wednesday and flipping on. For us, it's the Orioles, whatever yeah. the Orioles are doing. Or even going to the stadium, it's nice and sunny out. Yeah, know, we were a, talking about that. Hopefully, yeah. you said you want to go to a game this, this summer. I would love to go to a game, yeah. too. Just Cheap tickets for yeah, the Orioles. So hopefully, uh, COVID can get it figured out and we can get yeah. some fans back in the stands. Because even if the Orioles lose by six, a day spent at the ballpark is still a great day. Yep. So, like I said, we talked about the Orioles a little bit right now. And just, like, we're going to spend the majority of our MOB talk talking about them because that's what we've prepped for. But we talked about a couple of teams that we're excited to see. Are there any players that you're specifically excited to see? For me, it's got to be Tatis Jr. because he kind of set the world on fire yeah. with baseball, with Slam Diego and the Padres. Yeah, that's what they call him, Slam Diego. Isn't yeah, that pretty cool? Yeah, I know. So I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see, of course, I want to see Machado yeah, do great Machado. things after he moved on. I, I really like Dansby Swanson. Mm-hmm. He plays for the Braves, I'm pretty sure. I liked him coming out of Vanderbilt a couple of years ago. He's just an interesting guy. Yeah. And then I'm excited to see, I think his name is John Means. He's a pitcher for the Orioles, and he had a pretty good year last year. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he does. And then, of course, I live in College Park most of the time when I'm out at school, and so the Nationals get a lot of buzz out there. And so watching them win the World Series, that was my sophomore year, so uh, a little over a year ago, that was just really interesting. So it's always cool to see the Nationals do good. It's cool to see pretty much – Anybody, I don't know. I really like watching the Dodgers too because I like Clayton Kershaw. I like Mookie Betts, and then I always want to see the Red Sox do bad. Like as much as most people hate the Yankees, that's the kind of hate I have for the Red Sox. Couldn't tell you why. One day maybe we'll get Trace Carlton or Brady Riley on the podcast. They're 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 huge, probably the biggest Red Sox fans yeah. I know, and I just like to see them sad and the Red Sox <laughs> not be good. But that was a little bit about me. Is there any players that I haven't mentioned already that you might be excited to watch? Uh, yeah, I would say Nick Marquez. I've always loved him. 
he was probably my favorite Oriole when I was growing up and watching them a lot. Of course, he's on the Braves now, so they're a contender this year. I think they have, like, the fourth best odds to win the World Series or something like that. So uh, just him, Machado, like you said earlier on the Padres, it would be cool to see him get a ring as well. Um, other than that, probably Mike Trout and the Angels. He's always a beast. Yeah, know? Mike Trout, always good, just yeah. needs to get to that postseason. And then we have to – Bryce Harper, I think, yeah. even though he doesn't play for the Nationals anymore, I think he's actually cooler now that he plays for the Phillies. I don't know how that makes sense, but in my mind it does. And then the last player that I'm excited to see do the kind of things that he's um, started to do is Nolan Arenado, and he got traded. He played for the Rockies, and they traded him away to the St. Louis Cardinals. And so mm-hmm. the St. Louis Cardinals are kind of their own little – how do I want to say this? They're their own little like section of recent baseball like history. Yeah. So it'll be cool to see what, what he can do with the new team, with the Cardinals that he's playing for. But like I said, oh, also I looked it up. DJ LeMay, who still does play for the New York Yankees. So that was right. I, I saw his name like in rumors about contracts earlier mm-hmm. earlier in the year. But let's move to our hometown team. We talked about the hometown Wizards, who isn't <laughs> really the hometown team for us because we live closer to Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore is my hometown team's. We have to talk about the Orioles for a second. The Orioles have been in a rebuild ever since that 2014 playoff series, it felt like. We've seen all – I'm. let me actually rephrase. They've been in a rebuild since they gave Chris Davis yeah, I was all gonna the say, money Yeah, I Chris Davis is a bust. So they, they signed him to a mega contract, and he did not prove his worth. So they've kind of been rebuilding that since then. They do have some, they do have some good pieces. I mean, they – what is the – the catcher's name. Yeah, they they, that a, they drafted last catcher. year, two years ago. Yeah, he's a yeah. beast. I forget his name. So, as well. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up. I'm gonna look up their roster. So, but like I said, John Means is good. I'm pretty sure Chris Davis is still there. I mean, they have some. I looked at their lineup at one point last season, and I literally like looked at my, said to myself, I don't know a single person on this team. Yeah, I did my best to figure out who who some of the guys were as mm-hmm. the season went on. But like I said, I'm a huge NBA guy. I'm a huge NFL guy. I like college basketball. I like yeah. college football. Just not enough time to put the work in for all the sports. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but the main Orioles story we have today is Fangraphs put out their, uh, I don't know what you would call it, projections, percentages for making the MLB postseason. The Baltimore Orioles, according to Fangraphs, have a 0.0% chance to make the MLB playoffs (laughs) before the season has even begun. How? How can you have a 0.0% chance? Do you have a take on that at all? I mean, they're not wrong, but I feel like usually, even if it, if you don't think, it, even usually the worst team will get like a 0.1 or 0.001% chance to make the playoffs. I thought it was crazy that it's a 0.0, which means they literally have no shot of making it, which is understandable. They are definitely going to be bad this year, but... Yeah, so just for reference, the next lowest teams on the Fangraph projections is the Colorado Rockies. They have a .1% chance. Yeah. .1? That that hurts. That stings. But it, at least but you can be – have you ever seen that – I don't know what movie it's from, but it's like Jim Carrey. He's like, so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least you have that to cling yeah. on to all season. <laughs> 0. 0. Yeah, like, it's kind of hurtful. You, go, you come into the year, what's the point? Like, what's – because you play – for championships, you play to win the game. You play to be the last team standing. So you're going to tell me that I'm going to watch this whole season and it's just I'm never going to have a hope for the postseason. The Thunder had a 0.1% chance of making the playoffs last season. 
yeah, but coming into unfortunately for the Orioles, we don't have Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you beat me to the punch. They don't have a Chris Paul. The next lowest teams on those on that list was the Pittsburgh Pirates with a .4% chance, and then I'm pretty sure it's the Miami Marlins with a .7% chance. So nothing too impressive, but yeah. still better than 0.0. All right, <laughs> I got this Orioles roster right here. Let me see these names that I know. Okay, Paul Fry. I know that name. He's a pitcher. He's a pretty good. Pretty good. I'm pretty sure he's a pitcher, uh, but he's pretty cool. But, yeah, a bunch of these guys I just couldn't tell you. Like, John Means, I know. I'm pretty sure I mentioned him yeah, already. Yeah. But, ooh, Hunter Harvey. I'm pretty sure he's a pitcher, yeah. too. That's a cool name. Uh, Keegan Aiken. No idea who that is. This is their. This is their literally their active 40-man roster right now. Or just their active roster. Let me see what their 40-man looks like. And... If you think this is lame, it is because the Orioles have a bunch of nobodies on their team right now. I wish they, I wish they didn't. Okay, they do have a couple, a couple cool players. Uh, Chance Cisco and Pedro Servino are catchers for them. They're pretty cool. Uh, they still have Chris Davis. Woo! That, that's how I feel about Chris Davis. They have uh, Trey Mancini, who actually had a battle with cancer over mm, the last yeah. over the last year plus. So, I'm, I believe that he's doing better. So it's always good to see that. They have uh, Cedric Mullins, who I've come to really like a lot, and then Anthony Santander, who had a pretty good year last year, and then, of course, DJ Stewart also. So not of not a lot of household names. Your Manny Machado's gone. Your J.J. Hardy's gone. But you have to start somewhere. So yeah. uh, I just looked it up. Chris Davis's deal is until 2023. Oh, my God. So at least, what, two, two or three? Two more years yeah. of this? Yep. In 2016, he signed a seven-year, $161 million contract. How much was it? $161 million over seven years. Seven years. And what year did he sign it? You said 2016. (sighs) I remember at the time. I mean, I don't think at the time I was like, yes, we locked up Chris Davis. Let's go. But at the time, I don't think anyone could have foreseen how bad. To be fair, he had an MVP-type season. The the year that they signed him? So oh my god, like, he had he like led the league in home runs or something. Yeah, it was close. But yeah, it's just crazy how much he dropped off. Oh, that. they drafted in 2019 Adley Rushman from Oregon mm, State that's University. Right. Yeah. I knew his name started with an A. I couldn't remember what it was, but Adley Rushman. So he's not, as far as I know, with the uh, MLB team yet. He's probably still in the minors. In the minors. Yeah. But he should be a player to watch. Mm-hmm. But again, they still have some good catchers. So like maybe you would like some help elsewhere. But regardless. We don't know that much about baseball. We haven't pretended to know more than we do. We did find somebody that does know a little bit about baseball, and we talked to, like I said at the top of the show, his name's Ryan Shadle, and he's a current design intern for the Baltimore Orioles. So we talked to him a little bit just to kind of find out what he does and then find out how he gets to work with the players. And it's a cool way to be around and talk about baseball without getting into, do you call it X's and O's in baseball? Without getting into the X's and O's. So... Really good interview. It was our first interview here on Top of the Hill. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun doing it, and here it is. You um, do the design for the Orioles. You're a design intern, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm one of the designers for the Orioles, yeah. Yeah, so I guess if you want to just like start us <laughs> off and tell us a little bit about how, how did you like get started with that? Uh, so, yeah, uh, my name's Ryan Shadle. Um, Right now, as I mentioned, I'm a designer for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, I've been with them 
since uh, about the middle of September. Um, and, you know, I've been, I got brought on um, around that time, you know, just at the end of last season as the transition began uh, from last year to, you know, the off season. Um, and yeah, I mean, I got brought on by a good friend of mine, Will, Will Stone. Um, you know, he put in a good word and I applied and, you know, I just kind of took it from there. I mean, it just, um, it's been a while though. I mean, I, I've, I've had other gigs, but this one, um, was probably like the second, the second bigger of the, of them. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what, like, what kind of stuff do you get to do? I've, I've seen on Twitter, like you promoted like wallpaper Wednesdays and other graphics and stuff like that. How much different kind of things do you get to do with the internship? Uh, well, it's usually just uh, a lot of, you know, mostly things socials like social related. Um, so I handle, uh, you know, as you mentioned, wallpaper Wednesdays, um, any kind of promotional social graphic that you'll see. Um, so schedule releases, uh, you know, just fun social things, uh, that have to do with, you know, player featured content, um, you know, like lineup cards, anything of that nature um, that you'll see across any of the socials. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, you know, posts, like stories, any, any, anything you really see kind of goes through us, uh, me and uh, one of the other designers. So, um, you know, we kind of have our hands full, which is nice. And, uh, you know, right now we're working on trying to iron out the upcoming seasons, you know, social uh, branding, like social look. Um, so yeah, that's been, it's been fun. A lot of meetings and uh, just a lot of, a lot of brainstorming, which is nice because we're, we're really trying to iron it out to make sure it's, it's what we, what we're proud of and, and what we like to, what we want to convey. Have you like gotten to work with any of anyone in the organization, like the players, coaches, or the GM, you know? Anyone yeah. So, level. yeah, I mean, we've had, um, you know, we have podcasts within the organization that we kind of handle content wise for that. So, um, you know, Elias, um, the, you know, Mike Elias, he's, um, he's been on podcasts. So I know we, you know, if he has any audio from the podcast that we want to deploy on socials, we'll, um, deploy it up there. I mean, our main video guy is, uh, he's down in Sarasota right now covering the team so any photos any video any coverage you see coming from spring training is going through him um so he works with a lot of players um he interacts with a lot of them just because he's got to be around them just to get you know the video content and the, and the photos and um you know he's basically our link down there so anything that gets to us um that we're designing with or that we're deploying is going through him so you know it's his job to continue to to bring the heat down there and and you know toss it back up to us so that we can really uh we can really make a make a you know a statement from from our standpoint so to answer your question yes and no um i specifically haven't um but i mean i've gotten feedback from the guys you know i've seen reposts i've seen likes i've seen um, you know, a couple of guys have told my supervisor they like this, they like that. So more so indirect as opposed to like, you know, I don't really have any of them on speed dial, which is yeah. 
you know. So, um, do you maybe have a like a project that you've done that stands out as your favorite? Um, hmm, that's tough. I mean, I've had a few wallpaper Wednesdays that I've been really proud of. Um, there was one for who was it? It was Adley. There was an Adley wallpaper Wednesday that went out on the player developmental or the player development Twitter, which was nice. Um, around Christmas time was a lot of fun. Uh, the social coordinator at the time, Madison, she she threw me a lot of fun things to kind of really take in the the you know the the season's greetings, you know the the time of the year. So we did like wall, uh, like wrapping paper wallpaper Wednesdays. We did like snow there was one that was like snow globe themed that we actually added motion to um but yeah there's been there's been a lot uh i don't know if there's like a crazy specific one but there's you know there's been a good bit that i've 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 added to my portfolio and and i've been super proud of i know this album covers trend was really cool um you know that's always fun to kind of like jump on the trends in that kind of way and and put our own spin on it just because everybody can kind of you know every organization is going to look at their own they're going to do their own thing with it so i was happy you know i got my hand in that yeah for sure do you okay answer honestly do you download and use your own wallpapers uh yeah (laughs) okay good i don't not on my phone my phone i don't i kind of have a rule i don't know why i just don't do it on my phone but on my computer, I have one that I made uh, for spring training. So, um, and you know, I, I'll send it to you guys if you want it, of course. Yeah, but, sure. um, but yeah, no, I mean, my computer more so my my phone, just because I have like two monitors, so I like to have everything like consistent. So yeah, that's you know a little bit of a, it is what it is. For sure. This as a stepping stone to get to somewhere uh yeah i mean definitely i you know i graduate coming up in may so you know i want to do anything i can to you know if i don't i don't really know how it's going to work i don't know if if you know if i do get brought on full time or if i get extended and you know then i have you know i'm here already so working in you know working so close to home would be nice but you know i'm i'm applying to a bunch of different places and Oh, excuse me. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not really putting a a limit on where I I want to end up. You know, I've applied to NBA teams, I've applied to NFL teams, other MLB teams. Um, so I mean, I think yeah, it's definitely a stepping stone. Um, so yeah, what it's sport just sport is like your top choice to work work for work in. I mean, baseball has gone well. I haven't had a, I haven't had a season of baseball yet. So, um, you know, I'm working into that. So that I'm, I'm excited for that working through spring training now. And with, I was with uh, slam also. So that was, you know, that was like my first big gig. Um, so that was working with basketball and basketball. And I'm, I mean, you guys know, um, the listeners may not, but I, I'm always, I've been a basketball person for my entire life. So, um, you know, I think, basketball kind of has my heart in that way but you know I'm definitely not like you know I'm not not turning away opportunities elsewhere to to land a basketball gig you know I'm I'm open to anything yeah for sure and I mean that's something that I kind of go through with doing the journalism stuff that I do it's like I have my preferences but if something else comes along something else comes along exactly yeah I forgot about the uh the slam thing that now you just mentioned it what was that like because working with a team has to be a little bit different than working with somebody like slam 
Yeah, no, it was, it's it's definitely different, especially because when I got hired by Slam, it was um, a month into the pandemic. So, you know, it was mid-April, the last year, so April 2020. And, um, you know, at that point when I got hired, it, when, you know, we had meetings and, you know, there, we had no idea what was going to happen with the season. So, you know, it was weird for, for me because, you know, it was my first big – you know, gig, it was supposed to be um, just the summer and I was supposed to move up to New York City and live there for the summer. Um, COVID happened, offices closed, everything was closed. So it turned into a remote position. So it was, it was awesome. I mean, working with an organization like Slam, like a media company is, is much different than uh, a team. Um, a team, you know, while they both have to, your, your looks are going to be consistent, um, from a branding standpoint, you know, with a team, you kind of have to, you have to play a favorite, you know, you, you have to focus on your guys. You have to focus on marketing your, the people that, that, that you represent, um, and vice versa. But with slam, it was like, you know, we can just kind of like, it was just kind of like freestyling really. It was like, you know, if we see something big the night before and, we want to make a graphic for it, go ahead. Or if it's like, I remember back in this summer, there was like those huge retweet versus like things. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's similar in a way where you kind of jump on trends and you skew it to your audience. Um, but it was a lot different in a sense where you have, you're, you're marketing yourself for everywhere. So with Slam, we had the NBA, the WNBA, um, G League at one point like there was just there's just so much going on there's so many moving pieces and you know working with a company like that it was it was it was awesome I loved it yeah um for sure and then I've seen I was just doing like I checked your socials for some prep beforehand you also did some photography for like UMBC basketball recently so you do graphic design do you also do photography at like at the same rate almost (laughs) I'd like to ideally I would be you know maybe not 50 50, but I'd be like 60% design, 40% photography. Um, you know, I, I love design, but photography I've, I've kind of always had an eye for, and I've always kind of gravitated towards it. Um, and UMBC has been super, you know, athletics has been super great. Um, before the pandemic, I was shooting for men's basketball and women's basketball, every home game. And then, season ended last year and then this season there was strict rules with the uh the arena that only allow essentially one photographer in the arena per game so you know they have somebody on payroll so I don't really get the nudge there but you know it's I love it I think it's it's a lot of fun and it's another way to express creativity and you know a different a different way to really you know have fun and just enjoy it just because you know designing if i'm just sitting in my room designing all day it's like it's tough to kind of find motivation sometimes um but when i have those opportunities to get out there and shoot and just kind of see things from different angles it's so much fun i love it yeah for sure and i kind of get that too like sitting at a computer writing all day does get old but then when you get to the arena and you get to see it in action like that's kind of what makes it all worth it yeah, but, I mean, 1,000%. That's like all the questions we kind of have like about the design internship and stuff like that. But like you said, huge basketball fan. We are too. We talk about it all the time on the podcast. And you're in LeBron James' corner just like we're in LeBron James' corner. What are you, what are you expecting this year from the Lakers at this point in the season if you had to pick? 
Um, I don't. I don't think they're they're deep enough in the. I think they're facing a lot of issues that they wouldn't have faced last year because of the big men loss. Um, I think Dwight and JaVale were like really, really important. Um, didn't seem like it at the time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you have two guys that can enforce at the rim and that can board people off from driving, driving into the lane, I think it's huge. So, you know, if it was up to me this season, I think they should definitely move for somebody that can, that can supply some kind of paint protection. Um, you know, obviously I've seen things like they want to get back, you know, they, you know, they want to make a move for JaVale or apparently they've expressed interest in PJ Tucker, but like, I don't know. They just brought in Damian Jones, which is cool, but they need something else. Yeah, they they do have Montrez Harrell, who I think, uh, is big in that aspect, but I saw something saying that they were interested in, uh, Andre Drummond, I believe. That would be cool. That'd be huge. uh, Yeah. But I think having their season, like they had the shortest off season of any other team, them in the Heat. So yeah. I think that has a large part to do with it too. And AD not being healthy definitely is hurt. Oh, you yeah. know, I think it's the biggest deal of any. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think in all honesty they should, if if they can secure a top three seed in the West, um, it's definitely nice. Obviously, you'd probably want them to be like a two seed, obviously or one or a two seed, just so that you're you know, your, your, your top of the table and whatnot. But um, I think a, a, a one, two or three seed and with a healthy AD, I think um, the West, I, I don't really see a team giving them issue unless the jazz stay hot. Um, and if the Clippers stay healthy, that'll be fun. But um, you know, I, I, I want, I want them to win another NBA finals, but I'm, I just love basketball. So I'm, I'm yeah. for whatever whatever gives us good basketball at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that, maybe more than in years past. Um, have you seen, like, I saw a bunch of content today about the new Space Jam movie. Are you, like, excited for that, or do you think it's going to be, like, a, a ripoff, basically, of the MJ version? I think, I don't know what to expect. I mean, I know Ryan Coogler's uh, directing it, which is really cool. He was, um, he directed, like, Black Panther and, um, oh, why am I blanking on the, the movie? The one with Michael B. Jordan. The boxing movie. I'm blanking. Uh, Creed. Creed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, I'm really excited for that. I think it'll be. I think it'll be fun. I, I mean, LeBron hasn't acted in forever. Yeah. So, like, you know, it was gonna happen. He's he's playing in LA for what three years now. So, it was bound to happen. I think it's even cooler that it's Space Jam, just because you know, the arch. You know, the biggest barbershop talk point of all time will forever be Jordan and LeBron, and now we get it. In, in acting too which is hilarious yeah I mean I didn't even think about that till you just said it but yeah I think it'll I just think it'll be awesome I saw it on Instagram today and I don't put stuff on my story a lot but I instantly was like all right this has to go on there yeah because for it's sure an iconic thing but yeah thanks for taking the time with us today and hopefully we can get you on again soon if you want to come back on so thank you no more parties in LA please baby no more parties in LA all right, so out of that interview now, great interview with Ryan Shadle. It was cool to get him on the podcast. Great to, I mean, let him talk some of the stuff that he does. Really interesting stuff. I learned a lot. I forgot that he um, that he did the slam, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, he, he does it all. I mean, he really likes this design stuff, which is pretty cool. It's a whole different array of content than kind of what we do. We do the podcast. We do the blog. He does a lot of cool content stuff. You should check him out on Twitter. That'll be in 
like the episode notes and then in the tweet when we put out this podcast. So if you want to check out some of his stuff or just follow him to see what he does, absolutely you should do that. But moving along now, we're going to have a little bit of a discussion. So in the past couple of weeks, there was a little bit of back and forth between two big names in sports, and that was LeBron James, arguably one of, if not the biggest, one of the biggest names in all of sports right now, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who plays currently for Milan. He spent a year playing with the LA Galaxy, the MLS. Basically, the gist of it is that LeBron is very outspoken, and whether it's through his his I Promise school, whether it's through his comments about political news, about stuff like that, very, very outspoken, and I don't think a lot of people fault him for that. He has the platform that he does. Zlatan had a different take on it, and you've heard it a lot probably throughout culture, throughout society lately, is that you've heard, if you haven't heard shut up and dribble, you've heard stick to sports. So Zlatan kind of said something along the same the same line as that, but and so it, it sparked some comments back from LeBron because Zlatan basically said, like, stick to sports, and LeBron came out and said, no, I'm, I'm not just going to stick to sports. But I, didn't, I don't agree with what Zlatan had to say pretty much because I don't think that when players are given the platforms that they have in today's day and age, in today's world, that they should, if they feel strongly about something, they should speak out about it. They should do what they can, provided that they're not attempting to brainwash or attempting yeah. to skew uh, opinion. But the point of Zlatan's take that I agreed with was that sports unite people where politics divide people. And that made me think for a second because that's, when it all boils down to it, that's almost what I love about sports the most is that we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. Sometimes you've just had a long week and you just want to come home and flip on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You want to just watch LeBron take on the Nuggets that take night. Take your if mind off everything. Take your mind off everything and just focus on the game because it is for that 60 minutes, escape. for that 48-minute game, it's, it, it's literally an escape from whatever Reality, you have yeah. going on. You can just watch what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But this is not a conversation that just started, and it's not a conversation that's likely to go away anytime soon. What is what is your opinion about the whole matter? Yeah, like you said, I completely agree with Zlatan there, where he said, you know, sports um, or politics divide people, and then sports unites people. Completely agree with that, but I also agree with LeBron. Like, if he has that platform, why wouldn't he speak out on it? Why wouldn't he tell it how it is in some scenarios? It's just, it's really a, it's a touchy subject because, especially now in our day and age in 2021, where I feel like everyone is so divided, everyone's so, you know, far left, far right, whatever you are. I mean, there's a lot of people in the middle as well, but I feel like if you're left or right, you're just far on either side. And so, I don't know. It's a touchy yeah, subject. Yeah, yeah, no, and you I know, agree it, with what, what you had to say is it, it does feel like that today. Yeah. It feels like... If you're on the left, you despise the right. And if yeah. you're on the right, you despise the left. When in reality, you should be able to have your opinions mm-hmm. and still find and still, a common yeah, ground. Exactly. And that's almost that's almost what sports can be. Is yeah. It can be that common ground because, I mean, you and I have talked about it. We have friends that, that do lean really far left, and then we have some friends that do lean really far right. But that doesn't mean we can't talk about that sick LeBron dunk or that crazy yeah. Zion shot. It's stuff like that. So it is, like I said, it's not a conversation that's going to go away. The actual quote from Zlatan that he said at a news conference was that athletes unite the world, politics divide it. Our role is to unite the world by doing what we do best. Athletes should be athletes. Politicians should do politics. So 
an interesting take because Latin has always kind of been a kind of outspoken uh, player in person, but not in the same realm, in, in the yeah. same vein that LeBron is. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is because there is sometimes where you see these guys talking and you're like, you're you're out of left field with this one. But at the same time, most of the time they're not. Most yeah. of the time LeBron is very well spoken mm-hmm. in what he has he to does say. does his research. And yeah. does his research. And he does do good things. He does great things for the community with his I Promise school. And you said it. He is a role model for people. So it's almost like... Ten times out of ten, you'd rather have LeBron doing these things than, say, LeBron being LeBron and, like, partying all the yeah. time, doing tons of drugs Johnny and stuff Mandel, like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Be living, like, a party lifestyle. You'd rather see him be a well-rounded, outspoken man mm-hmm. that talks about the things that are important to him. And here's the thing as well that I thought at first. It's like, what's different about LeBron than what we do? Like, we still discuss politics. The only difference is all these reporters after – a practice after a game or coming up to him like did you see about this and this in the news what are your takes like was he I mean I guess he could just be like I have my own opinions I'm not going to really share them but a lot of people look up to him and are, and are like what are you going to say well, what it, are your thoughts exactly. you know what I mean so if he, if he says look like that's not really my thing yeah. like I just I have my thoughts but I just prefer to then you're you're not what is the word I want to use you're not like shutting that down but if, if you're getting asked those questions, people obviously want to hear what you have to yeah, say. there's a lot of people that and want to. I don't see an issue with it, but I can... Th- that's the biggest problem, and that's why we're even having this discussion yeah. right now is because I don't see a problem with anything pretty much LeBron does. He's made comments about... He made comments about, like, voting, and a lot of yeah. NBA players did about voting in the election back when that was going on, and he even made comments about some of the stuff that was going on in China that mm-hmm. contrasted with... Uh, believe it was the Rockets GM Daryl Morey mm-hmm. had yeah, to say and the thing about it all is and we talked about it at the top of this is that LeBron has the biggest platform in sports mm-hmm. right now there's nobody with a bigger platform than LeBron James especially because he's in LA people might even care that much more because he's yep. in LA so like I said that's the issue is I agree with what LeBron does I understand Zlatan's take yeah it's weird to see that they interacted on that because Zlatan does have a point is sports is that escape but the problem is is sports is not only that escape, sports is also a part of life. Mm-hmm. And so life, society, politics, it all kind of meshes together. And I don't know, I just thought it was a really interesting topic, headline, right? an interesting topic. Do you have any closing thoughts on it before we move along? I figured it was worth taking a couple minutes out, yeah. to talk about today. No, I mean, I think we really touched on everything. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all I have. Um, but like I said... It's LeBron and Zlatan. Zlatan's arguably one of the biggest names. Maybe not anymore, but at one point he was, was one of the biggest soccer. names in soccer. So interesting to see. And they played in the same city for very briefly, so <laughs> it's interesting to see their little back and forth. Yep. And I don't think we're at the end of this discussion on whether athletes should just shut up and dribble. I don't think that's accurate, but no, that's yeah. a debate that's not going to go away. And yep. that, that was down a, down a <laughs> rabbit hole, down a wormhole a little bit right there, but we're going to pull ourselves back out now and go to our bread and butter. We're going to talk some NFL. Steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs. Sideline. Touchdown. Unbelievable. All right. So back for some NFL talk. We're getting better with our sounds on this podcast, which is, eh, that's a nice little, nice little sentiment. I mean, that was, if you never heard it before, that was the Minneapolis miracle with, Stephon Diggs. Case Keenum. Hashtag 
He had Terp, not Case Keenum. Stephon Diggs, <laughs> my guy. Drafted in the fifth round. But now he's Josh Allen's number one star. Again, I keep saying things that are neither here nor there today. Let's talk NFL news. The biggest news of the week to this point, Dak Prescott got paid. <laughs> you have the details for me. What's his contract? Yeah, like? it was a four-year, $160 million contract with $126 million guaranteed. He's going to be earning $75 million of that in his first year loan. Is absurd. Hey, Dak, can I borrow a dollar? Right? Um, no, that is crazy, and this puts to an end the longest contract saga I can remember in my. Mm, Kirk maybe, Cousins was super long, but I mean, I'm I also, feel like this one was just a bigger deal, and maybe yeah, it's just probably. because it's the Cowboys, yeah. and it he, got all the attention. The, the reason that it might be have been such a big deal is because it's not like he was undeserving of a contract. Yeah, he, he was, was very deserving yeah. of a contract. They just didn't want to pay. Do him. you think he should be the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL, though? Uh, Behind Patrick Mahomes, no. But at the same time, that's just how it goes. Each quarterback that gets paid, yeah, you're not going to no, see anybody. I, know. I agree. You're not going to see anybody become the highest paid for a while because nobody's going to get Mahomes money. But it's going to be becoming the second highest paid with the yeah. new contracts. When once you see Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield get extended, I'm willing to bet that at least at least one of them, if not all three, replaces as at one point the second highest paid QB in mm-hmm. the NFL, just because. You've seen it. You saw it with Jerry Goff. You saw it with, I don't know, did Kirk Cousins end up getting a mega deal? Uh, he, well, he had, I think, so he signed a three-year, $33 million deal, I think. Or, not 33. He got 33 a year. It was like three-year, $99 million, and I think 66 Yeah, so, I mean, that's just that's just but, how the market for quarterbacks yeah. goes, is if, if you have a good one, he's going to be paid somewhere yep. right around the top. Long overdue for Dak. He was going to face the chance of playing on the tag again this year. Yep. And I think... I saw a stat that said no team has ever signed a quarterback that has played on the franchise tag for two years in a row. Kirk like Cousins. The same team. Kirk Cousins did. He got franchised twice. By two years. The Redskins, or Washington football By team. Washington, and then yeah. they signed him to a long-term deal? No, and then the and then after, they didn't want to do it again for a third year, so he went to the Vikings. That's what I mean. The, uh, same, oh. the same team has not signed a quarterback that they've franchised two years. Oh, oh, oh. So, yeah. oh okay, okay. So yeah, my it, bad. Because then the leverage yeah. all shifts to the yeah. QB. Yep. So that, of course, not the only NFL news. There's also been some other franchise tag announcements, um, most notably Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin, two a pair of receivers, one for the Bears, mm-hmm. one for the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do those franchise tags mean anything to you? Are they a sign of maybe a long-term deal to come for those players, or is it just, I don't know, just... We needed to keep him around for another yeah. year. It's kind of tough because in the Chris Godwin situation, I don't know if he should have been tagged because they have Levante David and Shaq Barrett, who I think either one of them – I think Shaq Barrett they should have franchised at the least. But I, So I don't know if they're going to sign one of them or both of them to a long-term deal. Um, but I think both of them are more important than Chris Godwin, to be honest. Um, and then Allen Robinson – that situation was weird to me because in the middle of the season, I'm pretty sure he asked for a trade. The Bears denied it, but then after the season was over, he said that he would play for the he wanted to play for the Bears again. So I don't understand it. If they end up getting Russell Wilson, then it's all going to work out perfectly. <laughs> but I really don't understand that situation. Yeah, absolutely. And just a note about uh, Shaq Barrett potentially becoming a free agent. He's a Baltimore native. So, I mean, Shaq Barrett, if you want to just – I don't know if they you need listen, a receiver. I don't know, I don't know if you listen to Top of the Hill, Shaq Barrett, <laughs> but if you do and you want to come play in Baltimore, dinner's on me. 
We can go to Jimmy's. I've never been there, so we can go to Jimmy's. But, <laughs> yes, they, they do need a receiver, but I don't feel like talking about that today because I could talk about that till I'm blue in the face. Other NFL news for me. What do you got? J.J. Watt to the Cardinals. Yes, absolutely. J.J. Watt to the Cardinals. If you didn't hear anything about that, there was a fake Peloton account that leaked something that said his, like, final three teams were narrowed down to Green Bay, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And then he tweeted, I don't even own a bike or something along (laughs) the lines of that. So then he tweeted that, and I, like, looked up his Twitter account to double-check it. And, like, an hour or two later, he tweeted a picture of him working out with a Cardinals t-shirt on it. So kind of an interesting story about that, too, is he didn't want the male person to, like, know it was for him and check the box, like, to see what teams he was going to pick from. So he got the, the T-shirt sent to, like, a friend of his house, like a friend of his brother's or something. Really? Yeah, and so, like, then he picked them up from him. That's funny. Yeah. So that that's cool. He's going to sign with the Cardinals. He already did. I think it was a two-year deal. Yeah, um... Thirty-three million. Uh, whether it's official or not, it doesn't matter. He's agreed to yeah. terms with the Cardinals. Does that... What... Where does that take the Cardinals? From what to what? They were a fringe. I think they were. They missed they, the playoffs by like a game. I, yeah, I think they ended up missing the playoffs. They needed like they played the 49ers in like week 16 or week 17 to like go in, and they couldn't make it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have a power. You know, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure they started out the season what six and one, six and two. Okay, and after that, they they lost like six of their last two, uh, six of their last eight games or something like that. But, of course, Kyler Murray was hurt for, like, the second half of the season. And then you add J.J. Watt alongside of, um, what's his name? Oh, Chandler, Chandler Jones. Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be scary. Um, yeah, I, I saw it somewhere, and I, I should have written down the exact stat, but I didn't. But it's something like since 2016. Most sacks, most pressures. It's like J.J. Watt. Him and J.J. Watt and Chandler, Chandler Jones, Jones are yeah. one, too. So. Chandler Jones is so underrated. Uh, he, J, the thing is, I don't know how much they're going to play him. They'll probably play him like somewhere between sixty to seventy five percent of the snaps, probably. Um, yeah, so he definitely helps out their defense. That was their lackluster. Yeah, part for of sure. Team, and I'm so. pretty sure that the number was they blitzed the second most in the NFL yeah. behind only the Ravens. So because they needed to, they didn't really have this. I mean, well, they had Patrick Peterson. I'm pretty sure Chandler Jones was hurt last year too, like down the stretch. for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. down the stretch. So. Regardless, now you have a pair of bookend pass rushers along with what is it? Isaiah Simmons at the – I don't know where they're – I think they were playing him at linebacker. So if he develops into something good, and then they have Patrick Pearson and then uh, Buda Baker in the secondary. Oh, 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 oh. I so, love Buda Baker. I mean, they're definitely – yeah, coming. and then, of course, you have that dynamic offense when Murray's fully healthy. Yeah. Once he got hurt and his running ability yeah, kind of went away, it, yeah. it kind of took an element away from that offense, and that's why they stumbled down the stretch. I mean – that Seahawks-Cardinals game, the first matchup from early in the season, I tweeted it the same day. Like That was the game of the year that I had seen up to that point. Yeah. The Ravens-Browns Browns game ended probably, up unseating yeah. that, but still. It was it was completely electric, and it only helped the fact that I had Tyler Lockett and Kyler Murray on my fantasy team, and that was the game where Tyler Lockett had 50, off, 53 yeah. points. It was awesome. Who do you think wins that division this year? Uh, that's the, uh, that's the thing. All no, that's the thing that They're I really needed teams. to know is why, if you're J.J. Watt and you really want to get a ring – why would you go to arguably the most stacked division in football? Because tell me which one of those teams is really bad. I mean, the 49ers were the most lackluster. Well, it's because they had so many injuries. Of the group because they yeah. had so many injuries. They still have the pieces. I mean, Garoppolo's a question mark coming into the year. But they did lose their defensive coordinator, but they still have great defensive pieces. They have a great running game. Mm-hmm. Then you take a team like the Seahawks, who are playoff 
Who are in the playoff yeah. picture year round, playoff yep. caliber year round. Then so long Rams as Russell Wilson stays. got uh, Matt Stafford now. Then the Los Angeles Rams, the who have arguably defense. the best defense, yeah. and then they have Matt Stafford, a competent quarterback, along with a solid running game. So, And then the Cardinals. So really it's a toss-up, but it's a good toss-up to have. Almost along the lines of, no, this might actually even be better than like when the AFC North back in the early 2010s mm-hmm. would like, field like three playoff teams a year. The, Peng- the Bengals or even Steelers. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about... I don't know if they're keeping the seven team in each conference going, making the playoffs format, but I hope they do. If that's, if that's the case, then that's awesome. all those teams can make the playoffs. <sighs> so that would be <laughs> insane. That would be, crazy. That'd be insane. But that I mean, would be they're probably you know they're okay. Deserving. But the thing that that they have going against them for them all to make the playoffs is they, they all, all play each other. All play twice. each other. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, that's that. That I mean, that's a lot of the NFL news. Are there any other big headlines that you have that I missed that we should touch on? No, oh, not really. Uh, trade deadline or the, no, I'm sorry. The franchise deadline is today, uh, March 9th at four. I think. Yeah, so we're, re- and we're recording today. Free agency officially starts next week at f- yeah, at so, twelve I mean, one a.m. Keep your eyes and ears out for so, that because yeah. it should be should Crazy. be a good time. Uh, what? Okay, before we wrap up our NFL talk, we have to talk about. I believe the Jaguars and the Jets have the first, first and second, second yeah. most cap space, oh, respectively. Yeah. I don't know if the Jets have the most. The Jets moves. they have a lot of cap space. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, could be second, third. What? Either way. What is the biggest move that you could think either one of those teams should make to prepare to be better than they were in twenty twenty? Kind of a loaded question. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Jaguars need a lot of help. I think what they're probably going to do. Obviously, everyone knows they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. I think they're probably going to sign Alex Smith to be a mentor and backup to Trevor. Because Urban Meyer and uh, Alex Smith have a history. He was Alex's coach at Utah hmm. when he played in college. Um, but they need a lot of defensive help. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, they I, have a lot of picks, like you said, a lot I of money. Calvin Noy, he just got cut by the Dolphins like last week. So Yeah, I mean, who knows? And, of course, I don't know who's going to make the bonehead deal, but you always see bonehead deals in free agency. Yep. Hopefully it's neither one of those teams because they're trying to build something. I think you could see the Jaguars, a thing I've seen rumored a lot because, of course, following the Ravens and all, is Orlando Brown Jr. doesn't want yeah. to, he wants to be a left tackle, and he doesn't fit in as a left tackle in Baltimore's offense They're because, of, trade because of Ronnie Stanley. So with the Jaguars loaded with picks and cap space, they could trade for him, mm-hmm. give him a new deal, and make him Trevor Lawrence's left tackle for the next 10 years if they yep. want. So that would be that's going to be an interesting thing to watch for to see if they make any big moves to kind of set themselves in a better spot ahead of the draft, which, of course, takes place in, I believe it's mid-April. April, yeah. So that'll be something to watch. We'll talk about that more as it gets closer. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much our show this week. We don't have a lot else. Um, look out for a March Madness episode next week as the brackets get set and the teams are ready to go. Uh, one of the best, if not, I'll, okay, no, I will. It is the best playoffs in all of sports, March Madness. Yeah. I think so. I don't think... I mean, the NFL Most playoffs is great. Yeah. The, NBA, the NBA playoffs are great, too. They're just so long. It's like a whole second season. And most of the time, you know who's going to win. And March Madness is so unpredictable. It, yeah. Anyone could win. Yeah, exactly. So keep your, keep your eyes and ears out for that. We're trying to line up another interview for that. So hopefully that comes to fruition. But let's finish up. Let's do our Top of the Hill takes. All right, finishing up. Top of the Hill takes. I'm going to let you go first this week. I'm going to put you on the spot. All right. What's your I top think, of the hill take? I think that Michigan, University of Michigan, is going to win it all. March Madness, Jawan Howard, the head coach, 
Yeah? Yeah, I think. I don't know. But I like they, But they just lost to Michigan State. They They're did. I mean, no. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think we're going to see a lot less upsets this year because of no fans. But I think Mich- I think Michigan has a great defense. It can score. Yeah, think, no, they, they do have a lot of great players. Uh, Hunter Dickinson could be yeah. the Big Ten freshman of the year. Yeah, exactly. Franz, I think win. Franz Wagner, a brother of yeah. – he plays for the Wizards. What's his name? Mortise Wagner. Are you talking uh, – Mo Wagner? Mo Wagner, yeah. Oh, his yeah. full name's like Mortise or something like that. Gotcha. But Franz, Va- Franz Wagner, that's how – I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Oh, that's funny. Um, Mo Wagner went to Michigan too. Yeah, so I guess it would be Mo, Mo Wagner too, but it doesn't matter. But yeah, they they have a very good team. Eli Brooks is a good good point guard for them, good guard play. So they have a lot of good pieces. I don't actually hate that take at all, except for the fact that a Big Ten team hasn't won a national championship in a very long time. I don't know exactly what the number is, but hey, Michigan made this it like could what, be two years ago? the year, something like that. They've been in a couple of yeah. them. My top of the hill take: Duke is going to find a way to win the ACC tournament. I'll stop and it. get a bid Ever to Florida March State? Madness and get a bid to March Madness. Get out it's of here. Duke, so <laughs> I know, but they've been terrible this year. That would be the most. Sorry, I'm, Duke not gonna thing. I'm not going to hate. That, that would, is true. That would be the most Duke thing ever to be out of it all the way and then win the conference tournament. Say psych, <laughs> literally say psych and call then, an ambulance. Call an ambulance. But, but not, not for, for me. me. So that's my take. Duke's going to make the tournament somehow, even though they're not expected to. <laughs> Tyler's take: Michigan's going to win the whole thing. We're going to dive into March Madness on our next episode. Very, very deep dive. Like I said, hopefully we're able to get a guest lined up for that. I, I put a feeler out. I don't know yet. But that's our show this week. A lot of fun. A lot of great content. Hopefully you guys like the new interview. We're going to try and get some more interviews on so you don't just have to listen to us all the time. But that does it for us. This was Top of the Hill. Peace.